Podcast. Hello and welcome to the C21 Podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from Radio Canada General Manager of Television, Danny Melou, and Quebecor Content Vice President of Strategy and International Business, Jan Paquet, about their development agendas and commissioning and acquisition strategies for the coming year as part of C21's Content Quebec On Demand. C21's Content Quebec On Demand virtual conference kicked off last week, shining a spotlight on the Canadian province and what it has to offer the international TV business. From content with global appeal and co-production partnerships, through to local filming incentives, financial support, locations and facilities. Danny Milou, General Manager of Television at Radio Canada and Quebec or Content Vice President of Strategy and International Business, Jan Paquet, spoke to IdeaCom International President, Josette de Normando, about their development agendas and commissioning and acquisition strategies for the next 12 to 18 months. They also spoke about how they're changing and adapting priorities in a post-2020 world, the pressures they're dealing with and how they're solving them, plus what they're looking for from both the domestic and international markets. So uh, welcome, Denny. Welcome, Jan. And I think that the first thing I would like to say is I'm so happy that you're with us and I'm sure that the people who are with us um, will be really keen in hearing what you have to say about where you're going, what is Radio Canada's strategy for the next 12 to 18 months, and what is equally the same strategy for you, Jan, with TVA and Quebecor. So uh, maybe I will start with Danny. And Danny, uh, maybe explain to us your role and also uh, what is maybe also the first thing is Radio Canada CBC, just a quick uh, placement for people who are not too sure about that. And then uh, we'll ask Jan to do the same thing. So um, I'm actually general uh, manager of television for Radio-Canada. Radio-Canada and CBC are the public broadcaster in Canada, CBC being the English arm, Radio-Canada being the French arm. We have 13 stations on the French side across the country. Um, and so we have content that is done not only in Quebec, which is the, the largest uh, French population in the country, but also across the country. Um, and we also have an OTT platform called EC2TV, as well as a couple of cable networks, uh, ArtTV and Explora. One is um, uh, reserved for culture and arts. The other one is about exploration, science, and discovery. Jan, à toi. I'm uh, the Vice President of Strategy and International Business for Kibikor Content. But actually, Kibikor Content is the division uh, in the Kibikor Group that is in charge of content strategy for all of the platforms of the group. And part of, you know, Group TVA is one big piece of, of uh, this uh, big media group that is Kibikor. So, um, so we're in charge of, uh, Kibikor Content is in charge of creating, developing, acquiring content from across the world. Uh, and also distributing that content to uh, to other territories. Um, Group TVA is uh, you know the the largest uh, television group in uh, in French Canada. Um, you know we have one um, TV network that's called TVA, and there's also nine specialty channels added to that. There's a Navot platform called uh, TVA Plus that we've just launched a couple of uh, last year. 
And uh, with you no know, under that group, there's also magazines, uh, studios, the male studios, and based in Montreal. Uh, we also have a production company called Incendo. So it's a very diversified group of uh, media group. Merci. So, Danny, I'll get back to you as to the core question is, what is Radio-Canada's strategy for the next, let's say, 12 to 18 months? We've just gone through a tremendous year. I don't think nobody needs to be reminded that. We are still in the midst of the pandemic. So how was it for you as a public broadcaster? Has that, that changed your mandate? Uh, are you looking for a different way of making collaboration with people around the world. How does it impact on you and what kind of strategy do you have for those upcoming years, months, not years, months? Okay, well, that's, that's a full question for sure. Um, when the pandemic started, uh, Radio-Canada had to take a pause and think, um, what is the essential service? Because as the public broadcaster, we are deemed an essential service. And was it just going to be news and information that is an essential service or also entertainment? And we quickly turned to the fact that entertainment would definitely be part of the essential service. So immediately we kept our studios open and we continued with our variety programming because this was something that we could control in-house. And we learned very, very quickly how to work during the pandemic. And then as soon as that was all set up and we had shows going, so it was very good because people were coming onto the network to see four or five hours of news every day. But then in the evening, they had fresh original content and they, they came and they stayed. And as soon as we had our variety um, in place, we turned um, to the fiction and we really wanted to assist the producers in, in, in Canada to launch their their fiction and to continue working during the pandemic. And we were successful in doing that. So the end result was that when um, the fall programming came along, the programming schedule that Radio Canada looked very familiar to, to most people. It looked very much like any other year. Very few things were missing. That was tremendous amount of work to get there. I mean, I'm not going to make it sound like, oh, and we had everything in right. place, but it was really a lot of work accompanying the industry to ensure that we could get there. Um, and so we've had a fairly decent autumn and winter as a result of it. And so what we're looking forward to going forward is, um, I would say, more of the same. Um, our our uh, recipe is to have a lot of successful shows return. And, you know, throughout that, you add a couple of new things. But it's not a question of a clean slate and starting all over because audiences are hard to come by. And when you're you're fortunate enough to have them, you want to build off that and, and add to it. So every year we introduce a couple new fictions, but not a full load of new fictions. And we will add a new variety every um, every season or so. And that's what we're going to be doing for the next year. And of course, we have um, now added slots for documentary. We used, to, we used to have one slot, but now Saturday night we're adding documentary series um, and, uh, and of course, Canadian films and, and things of that nature as well. Okay, so I will ask Jan the same thing and then we'll go back to what is, we'll open this a little more. So for the people who are with us today, I'm sure we have people from Europe, people from the rest of Canada. We have also people who are going to come be watching that are here from Asia. So we are going to try to also see how they can better collaborate or work or co-produce with us. 
So Jan, for you, for Tivia, how was it this crazy year and where are you going and how are you rebouncing or? It's been a crazy year, um, but I, I would say our business is now back to normal or almost back to normal. Um, our shows are back, you know, everything is, is back on track. Um, so really our, our focus for the coming year or, or so um, is to, um, to really focus on our, our core pillars and the core pillars for TVA, you know, they've been, they're not changing because of the pandemic. It's really the same thing. We're focusing on series. Uh, we're focusing on entertainment shows and movies. You know, those are really the, the, the content pillars of our access and our access prime uh, schedule. Um, I would say though that, you know, in terms of, uh, of series and entertainment shows, it's really a, a combination of local productions with strong, deep local roots and international productions. You know, we have probably, the, you know, the, the, the top international formats that we adapt, you know, whether it's the, the Mask Singer that's coming next fall or the voice that we've had for many, many years or Star Academy that's on on the air right now. So it's a combination of that with, with our local shows that we develop, like you know, Dance Revolution, that's also been sold around the world, or the same thing on the series side. You know, we, we have The Good Doctor, we have New Amsterdam, but we have a lot of, of local shows. So it's really that combination that we're, we're gonna continue to, to focus on, uh, balance between international and local production to make sure that we offer to our audience you know, the, the best of, uh, of local and international shows. And um, I think that, you know, in terms of, um, of content, you know, what, what we learned from last year is that we need to, uh, we need to offer to our audience shows that, that they can uh, relate to. You know, I, I mentioned strong local roots. Uh, I think it's the same thing probably for Radio Canada. We, you know, people want to recognize themselves in our shows. So, so this is really the ingredient that, that we're looking for, ways to make sure that people will watch a show and, and, and feel like, you know, it, it's their own show. They, they see themselves, they see their neighbors, they see the people they care, you know, through the, those, uh, those TV shows that we present. Okay, now I will put myself, instead of being a Montreal independent producer, I will put myself, let's say, as a independent French producer. So if I were to be speaking with the both of you, and I would go back to you, Jan, because you opened the door to the format, but Danny, for you, because I know that producers who are watching right now are some distributors, um, how do we produce with Radio-Canada? Can we produce directly with Radio-Canada? Are we going to you for pre-sale? Do we have to go to official co-production? How are you open to also international subject? I would imagine that documentary sometimes is a bit easier. Maybe drama, since the sizzle was a beautiful sizzle on some of the shows that you are producing right now. So why don't you tell us, us foreign producer, how can we work with you? So I have to be honest and tell you that often projects come to us via another uh, broadcaster. But, you know, we, we have a community of broadcasters around the world and we talk to each other regularly, particularly in my case, the other public broadcasters. Mm -hmm. And so they may have a project that where they want a Canadian component to and they'll come to us that way. But I recognize that that's not what you're talking about in terms of true co-production. So in terms of co true co-productions, assuming that there is a producer who has a desire to work with Radio-Canada, the best thing for them to do is to marry up with a Quebec producer or a Canadian producer, and then together they bring the project to us because it will take 
also a Canadian component for us to be interested. Jan mentioned it before, the audience is here. You know, we have a very strong star system if we're talking about fiction and the audiences want to see something that resonates with them. So it doesn't mean that the project has to be a Canadian um, story, but there has to be something that relates to Canadians for sure. So for Radio Canada, before I go to Jan for format, most of the projects that you have on the air will be documentary, co-production documentaries, or maybe drama series, or a little bit of both? Yes. So Not so much on other genres? We have um, a couple of things. We, you know, we do quite a lot of youth programming, and in animation, yep. there's a lot of that. Voilà. A lot. Um, where Canadian um, presence is, is very, very important in the animation industry. So we're very involved in that. Documentaries are probably the area where we have the next most amount of co-production. And in terms of scripted, we are always in discussions. We want to develop the right projects, not just develop. We don't want it to just be an injection of money. We really want it to be something that is worthy of um, both Canadian and foreign content coming together. And so we are in constant discussions. Um, we have an ambition to probably end up doing one a year, but if it means one every two years to get the right project, so be it. I think it's a smart attitude. Jan, toi, for you, I know that you were speaking particularly about format, and I know you have been looking at format a lot. That's an entry door for foreign producers to you? Absolutely. You know, we're always looking for the next big shiny floor or any kind of format. You know, it could be dating or it could be you know, any, any genre. Um, so, so that's something we're looking for, for sure. Um, but those adaptations have then have to be produced locally. So with uh, with the local producers, but most of the time, you know, to say all of, for all of the projects, you know, we want the formats to to be presented to our group first, and then we're going to decide with with the format owner who is the best uh, producer to produce it locally with us, depending on the show, depending on on what it is, what we're looking for. Um, so we do that, um, you know, with with the distributor. Uh, or with the international producer. So, so the, the entry door for formats is really uh, Quebecore con the Quebecore content group. Um, besides that, though, on, on the series side, um, you know, we, uh, we're always interested in, you know, in different models. You know, we've done some, um, some you know, uh, uh, pre-sales, like, you know, a series like Coroner, for example, you know, where we, uh, we had pre-sale with the, uh, with the Muse Entertainment, who are the producers on that, so right. we be involved in projects, you know, this way. It will. It can also be um, no co-financing. You know, the example of first uh, Xavier Dolan series, you know, the night Logan wakes up, is a very good example where we're partners with uh, Canal Plus in this and with uh, VBS Films, um, and so we we are part of the financial structure, but at a different level, I would say, in a project like that. Um, it could also be formats on the series side. You know, we do have some some formats. You know, of course, we develop a, a lot of our own shows that that then travel around the world, and it's it's an important part of our business model. But but we do have some some formats. And again, you know, the best ways to to get in touch with us directly. Um, but really, co-productions, pure co-productions, you know, is is harder for us. You know, it's harder because 
uh, it's what we've seen over the years is that the performance is not at the same level as a, a local production. Uh, and we've tried it, you know, with different projects, but we never got to the, 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 the performance we were expecting. So our investment can, you know, cannot be at the same level as we would do in a, in a local production. So sometimes it's not the best model to, to, to put together. We prefer different approaches. So I'm going to ask you also one question that I'm sure many people are, at, are asking themselves right now. We are talking about two channels or francophone channels, French speaking channels. So, and you were talking about certain series or in English or predominantly in English. So how, how do we, can we work with Radio-Canada if we are a English speaking producer who have a great idea and was thinking that maybe the story is in Quebec or something like that. How do you approach that? Or is it going through CBC at that moment? Or how does that work for people who are non... Because I would understand if I am from France and I do uh, Arte Radio-Canada, France Télévision, or TF1 with uh, TVA, you know, the usual match that we easily can see. But what about if you are a non-French-speaking producer? Yann was mentioning a few moments ago that on the TVA schedule, they have a couple of uh, great um, broad, broad shows from, from the States, for example. Radio-Canada, um, we, we veer away from the United States because the privates do such a good job. So in terms of acquisitions, we do uh, bring to uh, Francophone Canadians uh, a few uh, European series every year. And that sort of has become our, our staple in terms of acquisitions. But in terms of uh, co-productions, the answer is yes. Any country is, is welcome to, to come knocking on the door. Obviously, we will do a French dub of that. We don't do subtitling. It's always a dub. Um, and again, it's all about what is the subject and will it resonate with Canadians? And if the answer to those two is yes, then it can be a German production. It can be an English production. It can be any language. Et well, same thing. We know we buy content from around the world. Right. We buy a lot of content for our different platforms uh, under Group TVA, but also the you know our, our SVOD platform Clubilico. So, you know any good show that that will resonate with our local audience, you know, we're interested in. And of course, as Danny mentioned, it, it will not be subtitled. Mo you know there are some exceptions, but most of the time it's dubbed. Um, but you know we we are looking for the best shows, the best, shows, for the best formats. And for you, as since the Americans, uh, all the majors are sort of creating their own platforms, it's going to most likely stop this capacity to bring into Canada those American series because they will be probably broadcast on their own platform. So are you looking at more development, more international possibilities? Uh, how is it affecting you? Because it cannot not affect you in, if it's not, right now certainly in two years from now well we we haven't seen that impact yet but we know it's probably going to come at some point but for now you know we still rely on on our partnerships with uh, with the u.s studios to to feed our platforms but we know that you know and and we've started to to explore different languages uh series from around the world and and we have a selection of that uh, for example on our as well platform club Illico, uh where we have the best of the international series and and those work well so we think that people you know the, the audience is is changing is evolving is more open in quebec to to watching series from different places 
Uh, it's more about the series, how they can relate to it, than where it comes from. And I think that the big, you know, one of the biggest changes, the probably the fact that productions from around the world have increased their production value. And there's not a big difference now between a U.S. production and productions from Europe or other places around the world. So, so for our audience, you know, it's it's more a question of finding the best story that will be appealing to them than finding a story from the U.S. You know, it's so I think that as things evolve with the U.S. studios uh, trying to launch their own platforms in our territory, uh, we're just going to be able to replace that with partnerships with other broadcasters that that are already in place you know, with uh, with a lot of European broadcasters, for example, or producers or distributors uh, from around the world. So it's opening doors for foreign independent producers as well to go and knock on your doors, both of you, absolutely, or knock on doors of independent Canadian producers to pair up and come and visit you. Danny, is there, I see the time going and I know that we can have a long time together to continue to discuss many things, but for you, is there anything particular that you would like to share with foreign independent, you know, foreign independent producers or English Canadian producers that that would be like a plus that you would like to see or something special? I think that we always want to see something that is bold and that differentiates um, in the space where there's so much content being produced. You know, one thing that's really important for, for people outside of Canada to realize is how prolific Quebec is in terms of its own production industry. We really do have a very strong star system system and a very strong production system. And as a result of that, um, we have savvy consumers. They can tell good content from average content. Um, and of course, we have access to all the international platforms as well. So when somebody comes to us, it can't be more of the same. It has to have something that is uh, just, you know, distinctive, uh, bold, uh, interesting, um, and will resonate with with uh, with Canadians as well. So it's something that that you know really speaks to the heart of who we are as a people. But I find that we are very similar to a lot of other places on earth as well. So there are European countries to which we have a clear nexus because of the language that we speak. Um, but I think of Australia as well, which is virtually like a a warm a warm Canada. And so there's a lot of content from a lot of places that can speak to Canadians. And um, we are really open for business with, with all of it. Just maybe before I ask Jan uh, the same question, to add also for the people who are watching uh, this session, that if you're co-producing with, with Canada, uh, our financing system also is organized in a way that it's only catered to primetime television. So when we are looking at projects, we're looking at projects that are going to be broadcasts between, you know, 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. So because of that, it's primetime television. So you need to think that what you're going to propose us needs to be high-end primetime television. Otherwise, we get no public financing. So I think it's important to understand that when, Danny or you're talking about the quality, on top of it, we have a strong system here that people need to understand that we don't have deuxième partie de soirée, second part of the evening, like from 11 p.m. on or daytime. We have daytime programming, but it's not finance for the public, uh, the public system. So 
I'm just making this little aparté so people understand why it's so important to have really, really high-end quality when they come to you people. Jan? Well, I totally agree with everything that Danny said. You know, Quebec TV is still very strong, and I think that the key to this success is the fact that, you know, we have a very creative industry, a lot of talent here, and and the story, you know, it's in the stories we make, it's in the shows we produce, it's in, in the way and how we produce those shows also, because we don't work with big budgets. So that creativity is uh, is important. Our audience is used to high quality shows. So when we look at international shows, uh, we look for shows that are unique, really. They, they have to stand out. It can be different ways, you know. A good example of that would be The Good Doctor, which is, you know, it's another story about a hospital and a doctor but it's it's a unique perspective or or you could look at a show like uh, new amsterdam new amsterdam that's uh, that's also on tv doing really well but it's a roller coaster of emotion so that that is unique to this show you you sit there and you're just just on board with uh, with the characters but it has to be that you need to find that unique ingredient that will make this show complete our slate of original production which is already very strong. So, so we're very picky in, in how we choose and what we choose to, uh, to complete that, uh, that programming. A last word, Denny? Well, what I can tell you is that, you know, I really have a, not only a dream, but a strong belief that uh, Quebec content, um, as Jan said, we're already distributing around the world. Um, but we're doing it more in discrete ways. So an acquisition in one country, a sale in another country. But I truly believe that we are on the cusp of the world discovering how great our local content is, our Canadian content is. And, um, you know, uh, Radio-Canada has a strategic plan and one of its pillars is taking Canada to the world. And taking Canada to the world means accompanying our producers outside of our our, um, borders so that their content can, can resonate with audiences around the world. Um, and we really um, believe in it and, and we hope to, to really make significant breakthroughs over the next 24 months. Jan Paquet? Well, I you know uh, we've been buying content from content and formats from around the world for many, many years now. But, but as Danny mentioned, I think that our industry now opens, you know, is now open to the world. And uh, we've, you know, we're selling shows and formats to a lot of broadcasters around the world and, and producers around the world. And, and I think that it's it's this connection now that you know that is key. Um, Quebec is now a player on the international market, and I, I think it opens new opportunities, new ways of working with with our uh, our partners around the world, uh, new business models. You know, there are, we see emerging models, and I think we need to invent new models for our future. Um, but I think it's now a partnership with the world for for Quebecor content and Group TV, and I, I think for Radio Canada as well. Danny Melu and Yann Paquet speaking with Josette de Normandeau as part of C21's Content Quebec On Demand, which continues online now and runs until April the 30th. Video versions of the sessions are available on c21media.net if you're a pro subscriber, and there'll be more from the event in the podcast tomorrow. But in the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.